Good day, good day, and welcome to Your Voice, Your Power. I am Anika Wilson, and I am here with one of my originals, and I have Sachin Mobley. Now, I say your name wrong every time. How do you say your name? <laughs> okay. It's Sachin Mobley, and that's quite all right. <laughs> Sachin. Sachin. Oh, I might just call yep. you Sheen. <laughs> you would not be the first. That would be all right, too. <laughs> that means you just shine, shine, shine. Shine, shine, shine. Okay. So um, I, I laugh all the time because whenever I think of you, I think of you as somebody who I wish I met five years sooner of my life um, because you are a divorce coach. But I know you are more than that, but you are the only one that I know of, which is something that a lot, like what, 46% of people could use. So um, I want you to introduce yourself to the listeners as they may not know you like I do and tell them who you are and what you do. Definitely. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for letting me be on today. So hello, listeners. I am Dr. Sashin Mobley, and I am a divorce strategist and planning coach. And what that means for those of you who are like, what do you do? What I do is I basically allow you the freedom to go from afraid of your divorce to free after your divorce. We walk you through the entire process from, oh shit, it's my, oh, sorry. Girl, <laughs> I have to keep myself on the PG level. Um, we walk, I walk you the process from getting from, from afraid of walking through the divorce to owning and focusing on your power to a life that you hope to create. And so I've been doing this work for uh, a couple years now and it's a fairly unique market because divorce is such a stigma in this country, even though unfortunately we are still divorcing at a fairly regular rate. The divorce rate has held yep. steady for the past 20 years. Yep. It's not going anywhere. <laughs> so, no, and it's actually so what I've discovered is that, more in later years, 20s and people that have been married for 20 and 30 years are now getting divorced, which is unheard of, but it's happening now. It is. It's funny because you're right that the skew has shifted towards 40 years, but if you think about it, a lot of them got married during a time where you know, there was just a lot more upheaval and they got married because they had to, not necessarily because they wanted to. And, you know, the millennial generations are not getting married as often. Yep. And so that's helping to skew, skew the curve a little bit. So, you know, my job is in a nutshell, I'm just, I'm a guide. I'm a guide to help you get through a process that inherently is fraught with so much fear and, and, and despair and potential disasters. I'm here to help you walk the landmines and not blow yourself up in the process. <laughs> so. Boy, boy, I'm laughing because it is a landmine. And it can be, and, and you know what the thing is, is it can be so unpredictable. It can look so many different ways. Somebody have an easy time. Somebody, some people have a yes. hard time. It also affects your children differently. One child may be happy. One child may be yes. sad. It may not affect people initially. And then later on in months and years, it's so interesting yes. how it, there's no one face of divorce. It, no, it's and I, so different. And I have to throw it out there too. Thank you for bringing up the concept of children because I get asked that question a lot. You know, what about the kids? And I'm going to just tell you, first I'm going to give you the science. The science is very clear. Children of divorce are no more or less maladjusted than children whose parents stay together. What Thank happens you. to kids is the quality of the experience. And mm -hmm. so... I like to tell people who contacted me, listen, if you have children under the age of five and your marriage is going south and you're thinking about divorce, that is the best time to do it. Yes, it is. The older, that you're, the older your kids are when you choose to divorce, the, the more difficult their adjustment becomes. They're used to a life 
that they had and now they don't have it. And so if you are thinking about getting a divorce and your child's under the age of five and you're worried about damaging them, don't. They're going to be fine. Yep. They're going to be just fine. But your 13-year-old is going to struggle. And you got to think about that process of, well, I stayed for the sake of the kids. I can't tell you how many maladjusted adults there are whose parents stayed for the sake of the kids. Exactly. And think that the kids don't know. The kids are like, please divorce. Would you just please? (laughs) Right. And you know what, Anika, that's the thing. Like so many adults are like, I wish my parents had divorced like 10 years ago because when they finally divorced, they were better people. Yep. They were better people on the other side of that. So, you know, kids are a touchy subject and it's, it's really difficult sometimes for especially women to go, but I want my kids to have two parents. I want them to have a happy home. I want them to have the stability and the security of a loving family. And if you have a loving family, then that's what they will have. But if you have the illusion of a loving family, they're not going to have stability and security. That word right there, illusion. Oh my goodness. <laughs> illusion, masks, circus is what I, I alluded to because it's it's so true. Everybody wants this perfect picture. And you know, I was uh, uh, I was the uh, outcast because I could see straight through those masks and I wasn't the person that ever wanted that. People would say, did you ever get married? No, I didn't get married because I had a child because I knew that the marriage wouldn't work. Would it be better if I just got married just because I could say I was married because I had his, his, his child? No, I, I've never wanted to be that person. I grew up looking at miserably married people and I never yeah. wanted to be miserably married. I would rather be struggling single than miserably married. And that's just something that I always stuck to. And so then you have people who have the illusion that if you're married, your life is simple and better. Lies, lies, and more lies. The reality is it is commitment. And you have to be committed to yourself, to your marriage, and to your children. And you also have to be able to recognize when something's just not going to work. Right. Right. And you are completely right on that. You know, I want to speak on something that you mentioned, which is older people are getting divorced and people are like, oh, they, they weren't committed. You are spot on. People change. Yes. And what, has kept, what may have kept you together for 10 years may not keep you together for 10 more. And it's disingenuous to say that a marriage failed because people weren't committed. That's not true. People are very committed. They were married for 10 years. That's commitment. Yep. <laughs> like, I mean, not their commitment. for three years. It's a commitment to stay married when it's bad too, because that's right, people right. Think it's harder to leave. And I'm like, no, it's actually harder to stay together. I don't know how you do that. Right. Because that's right. It takes so much energy to stay in a bad situation. And people it does. Really do not understand that. No, they don't. And they look on the outside and go, You just gave up. You cannot tell people that they just gave up after thirty years. Nope. That's not giving up. Yeah. <laughs> like, how's that giving up? They didn't give up. What they recognize is that at some point they need to be happy at some Mm -hmm. point Mm -hmm. they need to try to figure out what it means for them to be happy and if you fault someone their definition of happiness after 30 years you are the problem they're not the problem you are the problem very true and you said something about what made what made them stick together before is different than now and that has a lot to do with um innovation because you know the exposure to things that people used to have people didn't used to have exposure to anything and now i mean they can see you got addictions just from the internet and pictures and i mean there's so much out there now so it really changes the dynamics of even older marriages you know it does Mm -hmm. it Mm -hmm. does and so what i really want people to focus on if you are sitting in there you listen to this podcast and you're like i can't i can't even think about the possibility of divorce. I've got kids, I've got bills, I've got a mortgage, I've got medical issues, I've got, 
when you, when you begin to focus more on the reasons why you have to stay, you've already ended your marriage in your head. You're just looking mm -hmm. for reasons to not have to actually go through it. It doesn't matter if it takes you five days, five hours, five minutes, or five years. At some point, this, the excuses just don't become, are not enough to keep you together. Mm -hmm. And that's where, that's where I come in. I help you go, okay, let's, if you've made the decision that it's time to move on, let's work through the resistance. Because the first thing that you're going to want to try to tell me is, we're going to do this amicably. And I'm going to be the first person to tell you that if you are going to divorce amicably, more power to you. I have yet to see it happen. That doesn't mean it can't be cordial to a certain extent. But what women tend to do, and if they're men listening, I'm not excluding you, but what women tend to do is walk into a divorce still trying to protect everyone but themselves. Uh. And in the end, they give their power away and they end up worse off than they are. We walk into it with this mindset, if I can just make this easier for him, for the kids, for the in-laws, for everybody, then, it, then I can get, I cannot feel guilty about wanting a divorce. And in the end, you are worse off for that mindset. So my first job is to break through that and say, you've got to put you first. And that's you've what got put you, to put you first. that puts you right in the realm. It doesn't matter what anybody's topic or job is or niche is on my show. Everybody has a coaching aspect because the reality of it is, yes. is no matter what our problems are, it starts with your mindset. And the yes. one thing that most women do is they get into a marriage when they don't love themselves. And I, yes, I, have, I have clients now and I'm trying to coach them and I'm saying to them, you can talk to me till you're blue in the face about why you need a relationship and why you need this. But ultimately, until you fix the relationship with yourself, any relationship that you have mm -hmm. with your children or a man or anybody else is going to fail. And so yes. that's the same thing. And you're talking about how you go into your marriage or how you even end your marriage. Like mentally, I went into my first marriage um, already getting divorced. You know, I was like, okay, mm -hmm. I'm getting married to kind of say that I got married. And I had a perception mm -hmm. of, oh, if we make it a year, then we'll make it longer than a year. Well, no, it lasted three years. But the reality mm -hmm. of it was, is that I couldn't be in it alone. And there was mm -hmm. no communication. I mean, there's so many mm -hmm. things that ultimately yeah. turn you into a different person. And when you're in a bad environment, I was so mm -hmm. physically ill in that relationship. Mm -hmm. You know, I was mm -hmm. debilitated. I was facing social security mm -hmm. disability. And now when yeah. I wake up, I have energy and I have passion and I have joy and I have love, not just for others, mm -hmm. but for myself. And yeah. that is the mm -hmm. difference. And I look at people who are so afraid to leave and I'm like, I can't anymore because once you taste the air and the water of freedom <laughs> and joy and peace, okay. oh, yes, I don't have time for anything else. I can smell negativity from 10 miles away now. And you know, yes. it's, it's so hard when I look at people who look, I used to look at people all the time who look down on me for being single. And I used mm -hmm. to have pity mm -hmm. on them while they were trying to have pity on me. And I was like, right. I would so much rather struggle like I do than ever mm -hmm. be miserable mm -hmm. like that. Yes. And, and it's just, it's mindset. That was my whole point of my rant. Mindset. <laughs> it is. And I'm glad that you, you say that. It doesn't matter what kind of coach you work with. But the thing about working with, with, you know, this big energy around divorce, because it is big energy, it's a big topic, and people are really scared of it, is that what starts to happen, like the process of divorce starts with you begin to realize that somebody else is in charge of your life. Somebody else is calling your shot. That's what your brain starts keying on. It starts going, hang on a minute. I have no control over my own existence. 
I have either subsumed my dreams to somebody else. I have mm. had children maybe that I wasn't ready for. I may have gotten married when I wasn't prepared. I might have moved someplace I didn't want to go. I might have supported a career that I had nothing. Like you begin to realize, where do I fit in? And then the fight starts. The battle in your mind starts. The territorial battle comes and it's like, you can't be happy because if you're happy, then they're unhappy. So here comes the fight, right? The fight, the fight, the fight. You muted yourself, by the way. <laughs> um, here comes the, the fight back and forth, back and forth. And then all of a sudden you have to decide, are you going to fight for yourself or are you going to continue to allow someone else to control your life? And that, that phase lasts a minute or 20 years. And that's when people look at a marriage and go, I can't believe that fell apart. No, what you should understand is at some point, one of them decided to take back their power and to recognize that they need something different. And when you are that person, you might be the one that jumpstarts the, the end of a relationship that just no longer serves your purpose. Mm, it's no longer serves who you seasonal. are. Just like allergies, they're seasonal. I'm just saying, like, yeah. you know, it's very scary to think of temporary. People don't like the word temporary. And when you're talking about a marriage and relationship, you know, my struggle was spiritual. You know, I, I got really deep into the church. And people, you know, I even was outcasted a little bit because I encouraged other women to, you know, stay, stay single or whatever. And then I started to learn that there were so many people who were in their second marriages or that suffered abuse or suffered these things, but just never spoke about it inside yeah. the church. And, um, yeah. and so a lot of people, if you are one of those people that is so unhappy, but you're so scared of the perception or, you know, the, the visual of what it would look like, just think about happiness. Mm -hmm. and, and you said earlier yeah. something about a choice. It really is a choice because at the end of the day, we can't worry about what people think about us. We can't worry about, you know, condemnation. We have to think about what we need. And as mothers and as fathers and as mentors, there are many people that look to you that you don't even know are paying attention. You have right. to make the decision that you are going to do what's right for you. Because what's right yeah. for you will in turn be what's right for your children because they see you unhappy and they see you miserable and they can feel the dynamics. No matter if you talk behind the walls or you talk in front of the right. walls or right. you put on this right. show or you act like everything's okay, they're not dumb and, and no. they can sense it. And so I just mm -hmm. want people to just, if they get anything out of this, don't have fear. You know, the, there, right. there's no reason to fear right. that change. Right. Let me, can I talk about fear for just a second? Go for it. Go ahead. Because I think, because there are two schools of fear that I want to address for the two kinds of women who are listening to this show. And I really, for, first, I want to talk to my, my um, sisters of color. And I want to say to you that we have a, a, a mythos that says that we support, we ride or die no matter what. Mm -hmm. And that idea can keep you in a relationship that it will put you in an early grade. Okay. And if, <laughs> if you don't stop and think about what that actually means for your life's existence, you will support things that will make you, uh, make your husband a widower because your body cannot handle the stress of always needing to support a bad relationship. But we yep. are taught and yep. there's a mythology that we can handle anything and we cannot. And divorce, though prolific within our communities, 
is still a dirty word because we don't want to say we've gotten divorced. We want to pretend like everything is fine, as you just said. Mm -hmm. Now to my sisters who, have, who are not of color, let me tell you, your financial stability cannot be tied to his paycheck. Your happiness cannot be tied to his paycheck. You have to think about the idea that you can make it on your own. Even if your mother stayed, even if your sister stayed, you have to know and believe that you actually are worthy of happiness and that you can do it by yourself. So I need to address the fear in both of those camps because they're all, we're all afraid of the same thing. It just presents itself in such different ways. Yes, it does because the perception of what we represent is different. And you know, what you just said is the reason why I launched my conference series of identity. Because the thing is, so many people are stuck, lost. They have no yeah. idea what their identity is, you know? And we like to think that we have to be the perfect mom and the perfect employee and the perfect wife and the perfect sister and the perfect daughter. You know, we're constantly yeah. struggling between our roles and we can't mm -hmm. figure out which one we're supposed to be. And we're struggling because we feel inferior, we feel insecure, mm -hmm. we're good at this one, but not this one. And then you have, you know, mm -hmm. I stepped into this new role as a military spouse. And then I find these spouses who have no identity because they have to move all the time and they have to this. So yes. they're surrendering their happiness and their life and their purpose yes. to their spouse's mm -hmm. career. And my thing is you can do both. There, you, there's you it's not a choice between right. who you can be and what you can be. Why can't you be at all? You right. can be whatever you right. want to be. That's right, you can do both. You got it, you can do both. <laughs> it, it, it infuriates me. And, and, and so I was like, okay, let me not complain about it. Let me do something about it, but I need you know, and that's why I want other women to show people, and this goes for males too, because there are male spouses, mm -hmm. there are males struggling yes. in their identity, whether it's your sexuality, yes. whether it's your spirituality, yes. whether it's roles yes. in a relationship, whether it's how you grew up, mm -hmm. no matter what it is, those right. chains can be broken. And you have to mm -hmm. surround yourself around people who can get you there, you know? Yes. And when you're talking yes. about divorce, you're talking about grief, you know? You're talking about, oh, yes. this is the life and this is the comfortability or this is the this or this mm -hmm. is that, but for me, when I got divorced, I felt free because I no longer had to figure it all out. I no longer had to talk to myself or talk right. to a wall. I can make decisions right. and I didn't feel like I was carrying dead weight. Yes. And so that can yes. be spiritually, that could be emotionally, it could be physically, it could be financial, it could be right. anything, but if it is dampening mm -hmm. your spirit and it is <laughs> demeaning your soul and your purpose That's and right. your worth, that word, mm -hmm. value, Worth. Word, value, yeah. Then it's not for yeah. you. No. And so, no, and I, it's okay if that happens to you later on. So you've been married for thirty-five years, and all of a sudden you wake up and go, "I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to wash it. I don't want to wash those socks anymore. <laughs> like, I don't want to do this anymore. I, I, I don't." And you go to yourself and you say, "I don't want to do this like this anymore." And like, I'm fine. This is your problem. Okay, then I'm gonna go solve my problem. Okay. I'm gonna go solve my problem. And and let's talk on touch on ooh, I cannot talk this week. Touch on time. <laughs> touch on time. Mm -hmm. Because yeah. there is no perfect time. I don't know what podcast I was on, but the reality is you have so many people who are waiting for the right time. I cannot stand that phrase because there's never a right time to have kids. There's never a right time to get married. There's no. never a right time for a purchase. No. There's never a right time. Everybody tries to control things into a way where they can mastermind it, but there's only so many things that you have control over. And there is never a right time. When the aha moment hits you, we're given intuition for a reason. And when that hits yes. you, 
that's the time. It's not, oh, let me wait till this right. backs up or this, this, and it, because life's going to happen. And, you know, right. ultimately, when you realize, you know, and you have that revelation of what the problem is and what the solution is, it's your job to execute. Mm-hmm. And that's not just the your, That's right. It's your job. Yeah. yeah. That's everything. Starting a business, starting a career, whatever you want, whatever it is. You're right. If you have it and you don't act when the, when the impulse hits and you don't act, you've said to the universe, I didn't actually want that. I'm sorry. I, I didn't actually want that. So when that door doesn't open for another 10 years, you have no one to blame but yourself. Yep. So no tell, one to blame but yourself. tell listeners what you have, what your projects are and the types of things that you do. Yes. Okay. So uh, usually my projects are one-on-one coaching, but I'm actually launching a new course called Fear to Freedom. And fear stands for factual evidence and resources. Because one of the things that I understand about women who are at the beginning stages of trying to figure out life after divorce is they are afraid of a lot of things. And what they need are resources and processes and ideas that help them make practical decisions about things that they are afraid of. Like, what am I going to do with the kids? Who's going to babysit them? How am I going to make some money? Where am I going to live? What about attorneys? How do I navigate you know, conferences and this, that, and the other. And so I created this program called Fear with the eye towards helping women make a strategic plan. So I'm turning that whole process into a 12-week course now, working with a small cohort of women for 12 weeks to get them from fear of what's coming to freedom in the process. And so that's my big project that I'm pushing out starting January 15th. Uh, The pre-sale goes on sale January 1st for that. And I do still work one-on-one with women, but I really, I'm finding it's, I I want more women to be able to access me. So I'm going with this format for a while. (laughs) I like that because um, what I'm going to focus on 2019 is more group coaching. I think that that's really important. Mm -hmm. I used to be a group therapist, so it makes sense for me. But that feedback is really, and that's why I love the panels, you know, because it's different Mm -hmm. when you can, Mm -hmm. sometimes we need to talk out loud, you know, and we need to have you know, that, that objectivity and, but you gotta be open to it, you know? Yes. Yes. And I want to say for anyone who listens to this and is interested in fear to freedom, this is 12 weeks of intense work. If you've made it to the point where you're ready to make the decision, you, yeah, you need, as we were just saying, when the impulse strikes, you need to act Mm -hmm. and you need someone to take your hand and go, okay, week one, we're going to work through your resistance. Week two, you're going to put into place the things we worked on in week one and week three, I'm going to look at you and go, Why didn't you do that? Because if you really are afraid of moving, I'm going to get you to move, but you have to want to do the work and it's a commitment. So this, this is a time commitment. It's a financial commitment. It's a life commitment because nothing you should walk into is going to be easy. If you're going to rebuild your life, then it's not going to be easy, but, but, and this, this, it's worth it. Because when, I, when we stop focusing on what we're afraid of and we focus on our resources and our friendships and our foundations, we turn pain into pleasure and pleasure is a much better barometer of how your life is going. When right. it feels better to you, you will start to do better things. When mm-hmm. it begins to feel good and that's your litmus test is, does this feel good to me? Oh, you start seeking out better things. You start gravitating towards better things. You start searching for better things. (laughs) It's true because people keep writing on my Facebook page and messaging me saying, hey, Nika, you look happy. And that's because I shed. I shed a lot of Mm -hmm. things. And I started 
maximizing on the people that invested in me instead of the people that I yes. wanted to. And you know, it's, yes. it, it makes a big difference when you surround yourselves around different people, but also when you wake up and think differently. Yes. And that's what the group will allow us to do. So this is the beta test. So the, so the beta is going to be kept at 14. Okay. So the beta class, so this is the first cohort for fear to freedom and it's 12 weeks. It's intense. It's three live sessions, group sessions, uh, three live sessions a month, plus one individual session with me. It's a workbook plus a private Facebook group. And it's designed to get you from the moment you decide that it's time to go to the moment you decide to, to the moment you're ready to walk out. And that means we're going to cover everything from getting your, getting you a plan in place to take care of the things that are making you afraid to get moving. Because what happens is that women get very paralyzed with all the stuff, which is odd because if you stop to think about it, you've done everything up to this point that you need to do to have a single life. You just did it as a married woman. So you have all the skills and resources. You just don't know that. So my job is to remind you, you already have all this information. And by the time 12 weeks are up, not only will you have a plan of action, you'll be like, well, hot damn, I can do this for 15 other people because <laughs> you already do all the things that you're afraid you cannot do. And that's what Fear to Freedom will allow you to get to. Amen, 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 amen. That's so true because I was thinking earlier, you know, I make graphics and quotes and I was like, you know what? Most people have what they need. They just don't even know that they have it, you know? And, and even, so I was like deleting leadership classes because I was like, everybody's paying thousands of dollars to take these leadership classes. And I'm like, most of the time, it's just development. You need to be working yeah. on personal development, not the actual leadership yeah. portion. The same thing with business, right. is that there's so many mm -hmm. facets of it. You have a lot of it. It's knowing how to put it in order and execute. Yes. And so when you're looking yes. for a coach and you're looking for these things, you need to know what you need to be looking for instead of just being all over the place and thinking. And that starts with devotion, knowing yourself, yes. learning yourself, yes. loving yourself, yes. and spending yes. time with yourself. And learning what you're good at and what you like yeah. and what you don't. Yeah. And that's yeah. what most people need instead of spending all this time chasing, you know, things that they already have. Right. And women have so many resources. Uh, in like, inherently, we're organizers. Like, we know yeah. what to do. Yep. You can't drop a woman into any space and not have her going, okay, you move that over here. You put yep. that down there. We're going to put this yep. over here. Like, we got this. Yep. But when it comes to our relationships, all of a sudden we're like, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> what, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> right. Like, let me just throw up my hands and, and, and get the fainting couch out and Scarlett O'Hara and like, no, no, no. <laughs> like, no, no, no. You got this. So you got this. <laughs> we have like a time capsule it's like all right i'm gonna try for this amount of time but if nothing moves i'm done and that's just yeah. how i know that's how i get like you know i i will do my initial analysis and everybody thinks that i'm so harsh because i can profile somebody so quick and i'll be like you know what they got a problem and it's watched three months down the road this is going to be a problem and my friend called mm -hmm. me this morning she was like you were absolutely right i'm like see but you guys think that i mean when i say this but the thing mm -hmm. is when you get to a point in your life, there's a short time frame. And even yes, in relationships and marriages, it's like, okay, mm -hmm. this is your problem. If you don't mm -hmm. see that it's a problem, mm -hmm. you're not going to go get help. I'm going to deal with it for this amount of time. And right. when it doesn't change, I'm out. I'm done. And you I'm know done. what? That's a lot of people's attitudes. And, and it's, I can't say that it's particularly wrong, but what I will say that we need to do more that we don't do 
is set expectations. And keep them high. <laughs> that part. Because first of all, we have them, <laughs> but we don't tell anybody that we have them and we don't execute. Right. And then right. we lower them because we're not getting the response that we need. And so you're yeah. right, is that we need to first bring them to the forefront and make them known, but also yeah. do not change them based on no. the reaction that we get. And, yeah. and that's the thing. And guess what? You're not egotistical or too good to have expectations. And that's something that no. as a people pleaser and as women who have been through things and possibly abused and stuff, it's always hard to implement. And that's what we talked yeah. about yesterday is that boundaries are hard for some people, especially considering your background. You know, that's right. That's right. We're not necessarily raised to say no. Nope. I like to remind women that no is a sentence in and of itself that requires you to give no explanation or apology for it. That's right. No apologies. No apologies for saying no. You say no because that no brings you the pleasure that yes will bring you the pain. Then you say no. Say that again, please. <laughs> no will bring you the pleasure where the yes will bring you the pain. Then you say no. Mm. You say no. Mm. And I don't care yes. who you have to say it to. You say no. Amen. You say no. I can drop so I can, be reached, I can be reached at support at sashimobly.com for anyone who's interested in reaching out and talking to me. I do have a website, which is also sashimobly.com. You can find me on Facebook at sashimobly.com. Basically, if you know my name, stick a dot com on the back end of it. You can spell, find me. Spell it for listeners because I'm sure they, don't, they wouldn't spell it right. All right. It's S-A-C-H-E-E-N-M-O-B-L-E-Y. So, and for those of you who follow football, no, I am not related to the man who plays football the last name of Mobley. <laughs> Don't send me emails asking me that. I have no contact. I can get you nothing. <laughs> nothing at all. Well, I want to thank you for being here. And you know, I'm going to be tapping into you later on. Um, yes, I'm glad that we connected and you are definitely a force. So thanks for being here. And uh, Fear to Freedom, 12 weeks coming up in January, guys. So uh, listen in and find her. Um, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This is it for another edition of Your Voice, Your Power. I am Anika Wilson. Be powerful, y'all.